What a great day to serve the Lord. Man, you know what? You are really blessed. You are so blessed. Would you look over at somebody next to you and say, I am so blessed. You know, now you're not so blessed just because you get to sit next to these other people. Because, but they are, they are nice people. They're great people. But the reason why you're blessed is because of all of the people born throughout time, God has chosen you to be part of this day. I want you to let that sink in for a moment. He didn't choose David. He didn't choose Samuel. He didn't choose Moses. He didn't choose Abraham. He chose you to be part of the generation that's going to see the return of Jesus Christ. Man, we got to wake up a little bit. I hope, I hope somebody online is, is shouting right now because, it, because I, want, I want to encourage you that we live in an amazing time. We live in a time of upheaval. We live in a time where people are in fear. We live in a time where people are full of doubt and confusion. But we also live in a time where the Spirit of God is shaking the church and helping us to wake up and to realize that we need to be about the Father's business. Man, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a glorious time. Because if, if I read the Bible correctly, we win. If I read the Bible correctly, when that trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up into, not might be, not could be, not maybe, but shall be caught up together in the, in the air to meet the Lord, and forever we will be with him. My friends, as we see that day approaching, as we see the return of Christ coming our way, we should be exuberant and excited and, and shedding the things of this world and looking for the world to come. Whoa. I'm excited. I'm going to get to my notes here in a minute, but I'm, I'm just really excited today. And, and I want to talk to you today. We're staying on the same topic about the voice of the church. We're going to be reading in Matthew chapter 9 in just a minute. I want to talk to you today about the voice of compassion. I know there are a lot of uh, competing uh, voices out there that are trying to get your voice to get you to align with a certain ideology or a certain theology or a, or a certain doctrine. But my friends, the one that we need to line up with is the voice of compassion. So I know it's, uh, you say, well, what is compassion? I know we just watched that, the Mr. Rogers movie. And I know it makes me sound like a nerd, but it's really a good movie. It's slow, but it's really good. So, uh, so when Mr. Rogers was growing up, when Fred Rogers was growing up, he, he said that he saw some things that, that were disturbing for him as a child, some pictures in the newspapers and stuff that were con uh, concerning to him. And his mother said, don't look for the bad things. See, she said, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. I believe that is the call of the church today. We are not called 
called to just have a religious uh, voice, but we are here to help and to serve. And we will never help and we will never serve until we allow compassion to fill us. Now, I say, I say that we have to have compassion fill us because pa compassion is not an active thing. It is a passive thing. We don't give compassion. We receive compassion. In the scripture, it says that, that, that their bowels were, or their, their intestines were moved. They were moved in their bowels with compassion. And what, and because back then they thought that the seat of emotions resided right in here. But the reason why is because when you, when you hurt for somebody else, when you feel compassion, don't you feel it from the inside? And they were taking what they felt. It, it's a passive term. It simply means when you see something and you process what you're seeing, you can be moved with compassion. You can have compassion or feelings that you want to help, that you want to serve, that you want to get active, that you want to be a participant in whatever that you're looking at. Compassion is, is something that we are moved to do, moved to have. Now, in, in our... In, in, and when we look around in, in our world today and, and you look at psychology, there is something in psychology called rational emotive behavior. I, I had a couple of classes on rational emotive behavior therapy. And after the class, I figured I might need that myself. But, but the reason, what, what it really means is simply this, that there are rational emotions to certain there's a spectrum of rational emotions to certain circumstances that go on in your life. So, so say your, your dog died. If you were sad, that would be a rational emotion. If you were angry, that would be a rational emotion. If you were really excited and you couldn't wait for it to happen again, that would not be a rational emotion. Are you with me? So you say, what should the church's response be to the culture in which we live? To the upheaval that's going on around the world today? And I would say compassion is the rational emotion for what we are experiencing in our culture. Compassion. You say, well, should I be angry? Well, you can be angry if you want. Should I be confused? Well, you can be confused as you, if you want. But when you have the proper context, when you see things for what they really are, when you begin to look at the world as Christ sees the world, you will transform, you will have compassion because compassion will move within your inner being and it will force you, compel you, command you to do something and to say something to help. That's what compassion is. How is compassion spoken? And how is compassion lived out? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're going to talk about that today. Uh, I, I want you to know that there are many examples uh, of compassion that are going on right here in this church. I, I was on, a, on an elder meeting. We were doing a Zoom meeting the other day. You know, I love having meetings and you never have to leave. It's just great. And... And uh, so, but we were talking, we were just talking about different needs 
And, and one after another, it wasn't less like everybody was bragging, but everybody was talking about something that was going on in their life. A person that was, that was in their life and that they had reacted and, were, and had compassion, even though they didn't use the word compassion. Uh, I, I looked at the story and I knew what I was going to be preaching on and I was listening to their, to their story that was going on and they were moved with compassion to act. I know of people that are going to other people's houses that are, that are sick and, and that they're taking care of their animals and they're feeding them and they're, and, they're, and they're painting their houses and they're doing all of these different things in our community. You would be amazed at how many stories just in our, in our church that is going on that, that people are helping people because they're moved with compassion. They see a need and they act on that need. How do you, how should compassion be lived and spoken? We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 9, verses 32 through 38. We're not going to preach a long time today. And, uh, but I want you to, to look at this passage of Scripture. This is Jesus uh, going through. And, and Jesus has just healed. He's been preaching and he just healed a couple of blind men. And now... He, they're leaving, and, and the scripture says, while they were going out, they being Jesus and the disciples, a man who was demon-possessed, who could not talk, was brought to Jesus. Now, I want you to look at that. That'd be easy to overlook this passage of scripture. It'd be easy to overlook this one as, as just an intro to what the Lord was uh, wanting to say here. But here is a man that is brought to Jesus. He's demon-possessed. He cannot speak. Uh, the very first thing I want you to, to realize is that most situations that, that deal with compassion are usually brought to us. You don't have to go look for them. They will come to you. In fact, I believe God puts them in your life to give you opportunities to be moved to action. Because there's something about compassion. When you truly have compassion... You, you put your own needs aside and you look at the needs of somebody else over you. And here's Jesus, and, and perhaps they, they were going out. They were, they were focused on going somewhere else. Have you ever been there? Have you ever done something like that, that you were focused on doing something else, and then you get the phone call or a situation arises and you realize, I can't do what I have to do. I need to address this need. Compassion. They were looking, perhaps that maybe, maybe uh, you ever had an opportunity that caught you off guard. That's what compassion does. These opportunities in our life, and I believe that, that many of them, we, we are living in a society right now that there is opportunities one after another, after another, after another. If you're looking for them, you will find them that you can speak compassion. You can act in, a, in, in compassion and you can make a difference in the world around you. Uh, something else that, what I found fascinating, this is a little side note, that, the, that the, the man that needed help didn't come himself. He was brought to Jesus. Sometimes people will bring you a problem because they can't solve it themselves. It's important to look at 
the person, the need, and allow compassion to fill us. Here, let's go on. And the scripture tells us this, that while the, while, when, and when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. What does that say to you? Tell you what it says to me, that when you're delivered, deliverance gives voice to the delivered. When you were lost and undone in your sin, and Christ spoke and gave you and gave you forgiveness of sins, did you not gain a voice? Did you not join the heavenly choir that says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so? There is a voice that comes from, from those that are delivered. The Bible says that we overcome this world by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That we are to proclaim and to use our voice of deliverance, our voice of freedom, our voice of victory, our voice of compassion, our voice of joy, our voice of hope, our voice of encouragement. We are to use our voice to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Man, there's something that has happens in us. God didn't save us and deliver us for us to remain silent. We are to proclaim his name. In fact, I read in the scripture in the book of Revelation where it says every tribe and nation and tongue shall be around the throne and we're going to be singing a song that the angels cannot sing because we have been delivered. We will be the ones that are singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Man, that's us. He gave us a voice and I believe that we, if you want to have compassion, if you want to have a voice of compassion, we need to speak. Speak of the things that we've been delivered. Look, look let's go on. I told you, I'll, get, I'll get here in a minute. Uh, it said, the crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever happened in Israel. But the Pharisees said, boo, boo, boo. It is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. I, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this in the kindest, most sincere, compassionate way possible. Your perspective on the circumstance that you're looking at will determine if you have compassion or if you don't. The crowd saw what Christ did and said, this is amazing. They looked at a man that was possessed that could not speak. And when the Lord drove that spirit out, and by the way, the scripture says he drove, he pushed him, he shoved him, he cast him out. Because the devil did not want to leave. And there are, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. There are certain times in your life that you can't quietly ask the devil to quit you have to demand that he leaves you alone. So here, here's, a, here's this, this man, and he begins to speak, and the crowd looks at it and says, this is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. This is incredible. Look what, look what Jesus did. He cast the devil out, and this man is now miraculously speaking. And the Pharisees said, 
Oh, that can't be of God. Why did they come up with this? Pharisees wanted to retain their religious status. Let me say it this way. A religious spirit will keep you from compassion. When you see God working, and if you see God working in the midst of something, your, your religious theology, I did not say your relationship with Christ, but your religion. See, the, the Pharisees had a lot to lose. They were the prominent voice of the people. And they did not want to give that voice to Christ. They did not want to give their, their, their place of prestige to Christ. They wanted to retain that authority over the people so therefore they had to renounce Christ there are there are things coming and I like I said I'm not a prophet I'm not a son of a prophet but I will tell you this there are days coming there are times coming where the real Christians those that are following Christ are going to see amazing things and each and every one of us will have the opportunity to either say look what God is doing or we will cling to our old theology and renounce it. See, I, I get concerned with many of the comments on social media from a lot of my Christian friends. And, and I'm not talking about whether they're, uh, they think that our president is the savior or they think he's the spawn of the devil. Because you'll get both of those. And whether it's conservative or liberal or whatever it may be. Here's what concerns me. It's not, it's not their ideology or on that. What concerns me is I see God's people focusing more on the temporal issues of this life and not on the eternal. The voice of the church, the voice of compassion. Let's, let's read what Jesus said. Here, here's Jesus. He has an opportunity to, re, to renounce the Pharisees. He has an opportunity to, to jump into this conversation. And what does Jesus do? The scripture tells us, as soon as this will move, Oh, there he goes. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Jesus went about and he said, here's the real truth. If you want to find happiness, if you want to find peace, if you want to find joy, you're not going to find it in this world. You're going to find it in a relationship with God and you need to focus on the kingdom of God. And I will tell you, my friends, that the kingdom of God is at hand today. If God's people, if you and I, want to make a difference in the world, go ahead and, 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 and make your voice be heard and, and do what you can to help social justice and everything else. But your focus as a child of God needs to be on the kingdom of God, needs to be on the place where Christ comes and Christ rules and Christ reigns and that, and that justice and peace and equity shall reign. And it starts in the house of God. 
I believe it's time for God's people to realize that in the kingdom of God, there's not male nor female, there's, there, there, there's not ethnicity, but there is one in Christ. There's not Jew nor Gentile, but there is one. We are the body of Christ. One body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father above all, through all, and in us all. I think it's time that we realize that if we want to make a difference, you're not going to do it with religious writings on, on, on Facebook or anything else. Because to be honest, in times past, I think religious uh, wording and, and verbiage could get you through. Right now, it's not going to happen. Because if you're waiting for our world to get better, it's not. And you say, well, do you think it's going to just implode? I have no idea. I, I know that our, our new normal, whatever that's going to be, is not going to be where it was because we are on a downward spiral because it has to happen. So if you really want to make a difference, if you really, if you really want to focus, then you need to see the world for what the world really is. Lost and without hope. And when you see the world for the way that Christ sees the world, you will be moved with compassion. But you will remember, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was cast out, but now I've been brought in. I was a discarded on the, on the, on the uh, garbage heap of, of this life, but Christ has saved me. Christ has redeemed me. Christ has adopted me. Now I'm a child of God. Now I will live and rule and reign with him forever. And when that comes back into your very being and you understand who you are in Christ, it will compel you to say, I know things are wrong and I know things that are, that are different and I know that there are miscarriages of justice, but if you really want true justice, if you really want true joy, if you really want true hope, it's going to come through the kingdom of God. My friends, it's time. It's time for us as God's people to, to rise up to the challenge. Our focus can't be just on the temporal. And I'm not saying annoy, I'm not saying avoid the things of the temporal, but I'm saying embrace embrace the voice of compassion and the voice of compassion brings joy. It brings encouragement. It brings healing. It brings comfort. Jesus preached the voice, the good news of the kingdom. Look at this. Oops. I looked at it really too fast, didn't I? Uh, I'm going to go back one. He said, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. For they were harassed and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. Why did Jesus go through the through the towns and, and, and proclaim the good news? Why did Jesus go through and heal people, the sick and the infirmed? It's because he had compassion on them. And how did he see them? He saw them as helpless because they didn't have a shepherd. They didn't have a leader. That's when Jesus said this. Then he said to his disciples. I'm going to ask uh, Sam if you guys would come back. 
he said to his disciples, not to, not to, the, to those without a shepherd, not to the sick, not to the lost. He said to his disciples, he said to you and I, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Why are the workers few? Because they're not seeing the harvest. How do you see people? How you see humanity will determine your voice of compassion. Because the voice of compassion is one of love, understanding, healing, inspiration, and courage. And the voice of action is always, or voice of compassion rather, is always accompanied by action. Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, man, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And he said, here's what I want you to do with your voice. I want you to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. I want you to ask the Lord to bring more workers, to bring more hurting so they can be healed, to, be more, to bring in the lost, to bring in those that have no hope to bring in those that have been mistreated by this world. The voice of compassion speaks to the kingdom of God, to those that are outside. But the voice of compassion speaks to those in the kingdom of God to pray and to serve and to minister and to bless and to be the voice of Christ. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers. Workers that see the world as Christ sees it. Workers that feel the same way and are moved with compassion. Workers that understand. And that workers that roll up their sleeves and get involved. See, the voice of compassion is, is really not about just saying... I understand your need, but the voice of compassion says there's an answer. And his name is Jesus. And God has blessed each and every one of us. You and I. He has chosen us to be part of this day. There's not a greater day to be alive than right now. Would you stand with me, please? A lot of voices in the world today. And they're all battling for you
Christ calls us to listen to His voice. And His voice is one of compassion. Our voice is the voice of Christ. That says, let me give you beauty for ashes. Let me give you joy for mourning. May we be as, as those that are in the scripture. Countless models of, of men and women that great and, and, and small that, that had the voice of God that said, there's hope in my God. That there's salvation in my God. That there's justice with the Lord. He is the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And He is calling us today. Calling you and I to be the voice of compassion. In a disillusioned world, we are the voice that brings hope. We are the voice that brings change. We are the voice of Christ. Would you pray with me?